Oftentimes as parents, if we think they can't handle something, we just wanna pull it completely. But what we really need to do is we need to teach them how to handle it. So I would just have good conversations, right? I'd make sure they're rested, well-fed, connected, we've had all that, now let's have this conversation, right? And so when I hand you your phone and you go in your room and you get on Snapchat and send pictures you shouldn't, mm -hmm. right, that's not safe. So what we're gonna do is, you wanna be on your phone, so how about this? I can give you a yes, you're gonna sit next to me for the next like however long a mom determines, and I'm just gonna make sure you're being safe and we're just gonna practice doing the right thing. So we get that muscle, muscle motor memory of this is the right way to, to handle technology and social media. Hi everyone, I am so excited you are with us today on the Single Momcast. You have come to a great, great podcast today and one that is so huge that I don't even know how I'd begin to talk about it if we did not have a professional here, a counselor that has been in business 23 years and she's amazing and, and her name is Amber Given. So she's going to talk to us in just a minute. But in the meanwhile, I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder of Arise Single Moms. And with us on the Single Mom cast is Mel Hyatt. So Mel, welcome. Thanks, Pam. So we're excited to have you. Yeah. You guys, today we're talking about something that I... I don't even know where to start, so that's why I'm glad we have Amber in here. But we're talking about raising godly kids in an ungodly culture. And it's so you feel so helpless with it from TikTok trends to social men's to social trends to what your kid's going to wear at school to from dating to that. You don't even know how to begin to address it. But today we're going to address some topics that I hope will be very, very helpful in your parenting skills. So let's just get right to it. And I just want to say welcome to Amber Given, our guest today. Thank you. Amber, welcome. Thanks we're, for having me. We're glad me. to have you. You guys, I'll ask Amber before she got in here, when did I first meet you? And it's been quite some time ago, but Amber is very active in the rise. She's been a breakout session teacher. She's always our favorite speaker to single moms on the panel. And and our co other co-founder, Shelly Pulliam, she, they're best. She's best friends with Amber. Yes. She loves you. She talks about. I love y'all. Get to have dinner dates and do, do things all the time. She loves you dearly, and we do too. So thank you for being here today. Thanks for asking. So Amber, I tell you what. Why don't you tell our listeners something that you would like them to know about you today? Uh, okay. Uh, one of the things that I want to share today is that my hope would be that everyone would learn how to walk in true authenticity of who God created them to be. Um, it is my hope that people would know that they're priceless and, and precious mm -hmm. and um, that they're worthy and, and, and they have what they need. When they have the Lord, they have what they need. Wow. Thank you, Amber. Super, I needed to hear that today, so didn't you, Pam? Yes, I did. We will, we will keep that nugget for sure. Amber, I'm going to start out by asking you a really big question. But, okay. Um, a couple of weeks ago in my small group, we were talking about how overwhelming it is knowing all of the things that we know that because of social media and the news and how technology is, we get news in seconds. And so we were talking about this idea that our neighbor is now across the whole world, mm -hmm. that there's mm -hmm. no, like loving your neighbor became so complicated when you know about everyone instantly. Um, and I think about that with our children. And when we're considering that, that this idea of culture is now impacted by the whole world, not just the little section we are in. I know that our moms can feel so overwhelmed that they don't even know where to start when we're talking about raising godly kids in this. 
So where do moms start with this basics? Maybe she should start with helping her kids know right from wrong or, you know, where does she even start with all of this when it's so big now? Absolutely. And it's so quick and it's ever changing. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's like back up the train a little bit and start from the very beginning. Um, if we start with trying to do correction with our kids, we're going to be dead in the water. It's not going to work out. So what we need to do is we need to start with connection. Connection mm. is key. Okay. If our kids feel like they're connected to us, they are more inclined to listen to us. Mm. And so our inclination is to do problem solving. And to tell them things and to lecture and to, but that's not where it starts. Where it starts is, like like I said, back of the train and it starts with connection. Hmm. Connection, okay. playfulness, fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> we can start there. We can start there. Okay. And, and I, I, I've said this before, but Mel, you do that really well with your boys. Thank you, that pl- That playfulness and creating the atmosphere where they feel safe to, to tell you their innermost thoughts sometimes. I think that's really wonderful. So you had also mentioned it at one time about uh, h- how do you do that? You talked sometime about modeling well and or you had about their choice of their iPhone. How do you even address that? And yeah. the music they listen to? Absolutely. Where do you go yeah. with that? So the first thing is I have to model, right? I cannot ask my kids to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So if I have my phone at the dinner table and then I expect my kids not to bring their phone, <clears throat> that won't work. So first of all, I have to model. So I'm going to model, first of all, quiet time with the Lord. I'm going to model taking a, a pause and sh- shooting up. you said earlier, um, an arrow prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to model um, the things that I listen to, the things that I watch, the time I'm spent on social media, what I choose to post. I've got to model the right things. One of the things that we did at our house that I loved is that the dinner table became a no phone zone. So anytime we're at the dinner table, social media, phones, it's all out. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's just some practical pieces where you start putting boundaries on things. Um, We don't let our kids have access to things for six and eight hours at a time. We like negotiate with them. What do you think is fair? What do you think would work for you? What would work for me? Like, let's let's come to a place where we can agree. Mm. I did that once. And uh, a day later, my son came in with his friend and they had created a PowerPoint. And he had his friend help him to convince me that he deserves more Wi-Fi time for wow. his video game. <laughs> it was like, get me to a yes. He was, he was working How do you that. say no to that? I was laying in my bed and he knew how to like put his phone on my TV. And he yeah. said, Mom, you don't have to move. <laughs> they literally brought me this little snack and I thought, oh, no. Yeah. And then they start, and it was adorable. And I gave in. Only because of the effort and the cuteness. And then I was so annoyed. They brought you food. The food, yes. I was like, this little thing knows my love language (laughs) of bring me (laughs) snacks in bed. Uh, But um, I just, you know, and maybe that's why Pam thinks that I'm fun. I'm not always fun. But in that moment, I really adored his creative effort and also the fact that he knew his audience. I love it. Because he knew that I would cave. Yes. To, and it was a f- hilarious PowerPoint. It yes. sounds like it worked. And it, we call that get me to a yes, right? If yeah. it was reasonable, if it was reasonable, you said yes. You call it bending. I call it compromising. So yeah. get me to a yes. You compromised. And you're like, oh, okay, I can see why this is important to you. If it's not healthy or safe, that's really where my boundaries are going to come in, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of parents and a lot of moms give lots of no's everywhere. But I think about, like, saving my no's for health and safety, Yeah. right? And so yeah. if I say no, it's for protective capacity. Mm-hmm. 
right? And let's talk through this. Okay, so you're saying if your child wants to, like, you know, go to the movies or something like that and or something, and you're iffy because of maybe, I don't know, anything, you need to say to them, get me to a yes. Yeah, get me to a yes. I love that. State your case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. State your case. Make your case. Uh, and, yeah. then, and then you say no, and then they, and then. So what I will tell you is if you say you've saved no's for health and safety, then if I say no to everything, they don't receive no very well. When my kids hear no from me, they know it's something significant and important. And they mm-hmm. pause because they're like, oh, she's not a big no giver all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really a good one. I like that as well. You know what? Um, what do you say to kids that you you know, get me to a yes, but they have not proven in the past that they're trustworthy. So I, that's a great question. So one of the things that we do is oftentimes as parents, if we think they can't handle something, we just want to pull it completely. But what we really need to do is we need to teach them how to handle it. So I would just have good conversations, right? I'd make sure they're rested, well-fed, connected. We've had all that. Now let's have this conversation, right? And so when I hand you your phone and you go in your room and you get on Snapchat and send pictures you shouldn't, Mm -hmm. right? That's not safe. So what we're going to do is you want to be on your phone, so how about this? I can give you a yes. You're going to sit next to me for the next, like, however long a mom determines, and I'm just going to make sure you're being safe, and we're just going to practice doing the right thing. So we get that muscle, muscle motor memory of this is the right way to, to handle technology and social media, right? So we, we have a tendency to just completely pull back and, like, I'm going to take it for a month, and you'll never get it, but they never learn how to use it right. I have to tell you, I feel pretty awesome right now, Pam, Uh because um, I worked with students for almost 20 years and a pet peeve I would have um, was when parents would come to me and say, we took so-and-so's phone away because he did something, he was looking at something inappropriate. And they would say, sometimes he won't have his phone for the whole school year, which I'm thinking, oh my, that seems like so much work as Uh a parent. Uh And they, they were telling me because they were wanting me to communicate with them or different things. But I remember I would always push back on it and say, someday though, he's going to have a phone. Mm -hmm. And do you want that time to be when he's no longer out of your house and now he can freely look at these things? Like we have to be training them. And that's the verse in the Bible Mm -hmm. of train them up in the way that they should go, not tell them or um, punish them into it. And so I always thought completely taking the phone away, especially for a long period of time, it's just not training them mm-hmm. to figure out how to overcome that. It's always going to be there. The yeah. temptation is always yeah. going to be there. Um, so I am like, I was right. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Kudos I'll to give you. myself a start. Way to go. She's given herself a start. I'm being very humble today. Right. I love it, though. That's a great point. You know what, Amber, there are so many influences in this culture, more so than ever. It'd be so difficult today being a single mother because she has that carries all the responsibilities, every decision's hers, every broken water heater is her issue, every report from school is on her lap. She has so many responsibilities. In there. And she's got the culture as well that she is trying to navigate her children through. Mm-hmm. How can a single mom make sure her voice is the one her child will listen to? So... This mm. I'm going to go back to almost every single time. I'm going to go back to connection. Connection is right. Key. Connection is key. If I do not have a connection, I will not have a voice in my child's life. You know, it's really interesting that we often do fear-based parenting strategies. We have techniques and strategies that are very fear-based. And what happens is, is like you, you know, you rolled your eyes. Therefore, you're grounded for a week and you can't go anywhere. Right. Um, and that's a very like 
punitive, punitive, punishing kind of way to um, manage our kids. And if I think about in a connected way, um, oh, that you know, hey, let's try that again. I saw your eyes. Let's like let's, let's try. It. We can fix things, right? So what happens is is that you develop a relationship instead of using fear-based tactics and you develop this connected relationship with your child where they're seen, heard, and valued, they have a voice, um, you can, they can come to you and negotiate their needs with respect, um, and you can give no's, right, when, it's, when we look at health and safety. Um, what happens is, is they respect themselves, they respect you, and they respect, respect the relationship. So if you do the fear-based, like, parenting, um, there's a lot of resentment. And out of resentment will come, I'm not going to listen to you. So it starts from the very beginning, which is you want to be connected, you want to be fun, you want to be engaged. And out of that, then they're going to listen mm-hmm. because love- they love you and they respect you. Yes, I do love that. That's intentional parenting. You're talking mm-hmm. about just being intentional with them. And you had mentioned too one time to focus on preciousness and not performance. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So one of the things that, that we do in this culture is that we're very performance-based, right? So we are happy with our kids. If they get good grades, we are happy with our kids. If they clean their room, we're happy with our kids. If they eat their vegetables. And so everything becomes really conditional. And so what we're looking at is, is the way that God delights in us. I don't go out and make a mistake or sin, and God's like, mm, you're not precious to me anymore. I'm cut off. You're done. Like, right? And so what it is is um, is this, this um, desire to, no matter what, and this is what I often say, right, is that what happened was not okay, but you and I are okay. So that is so important for our kids to know that our love is not based on conditions of them performing well. We love them just because they're precious. I love that. Mm. What happened is not okay, but we're okay. Yeah, but you and I are okay. Yes. Yeah. I love that. You yeah. Know, I love that. You know, Mom, I had made a comment about Amber that um, when Amber Given speaks, I listen. <laughs> and I know you're feeling the same way as you're listening to this. I love what she said so far. Connection is key. No lecture. Get me to a yes. There's no... If you, you, you base your parenting on safety and health and What happens is not okay, but we're okay. These are all such great statements, Mm -hmm. and I do love that. Um, Is there anything else that you would add to a mom to make sure her voice is heard as far as validating them or being calm or or, um, investigating? How do you go about knowing what they're thinking as you're talking about this with them? Um, Just you can ask them, what are your thoughts about this? Mm -hmm. Do you have something else you'd like to share? If you can hold space for your kids' big emotions or big feelings or big ideas that don't match yours, um, they're going to come to you and talk about these things. If they know Mm -hmm. now, if you cannot hold space and you shut them down or you lecture, they're not going to come to you. Right. Right. That reminds me, moms, I want you to know we do have a podcast with Amber on uh, big emotions. And so you might want to check that out if that's something you're thinking about today. Mm. I love that. Amber, I I love that you brought up delighting in your children, but I'm thinking about the moments when I really struggled to Mm -hmm. find delight in them. Uh, What do I do if my child expresses something that I do not agree with? And I guess the second question is not only what do I do, but do I find delight in that? Ah, that's a great question. So the first thing is, is that I will tell you the research says that if we try to lecture 
our children, they tune out after 12 words. So the lecture, yeah, 12 words. (laughs) I wasted (laughs) 8,700 words yesterday. (laughs) So 12 words is it. And so typically what we know is lecturing is for the, for the adult, not for the child, right? It's for the adult to feel better. So if they don't, if they say something you don't agree with, um, I go back to that whole thing about be curious, not furious, because if you're so mad and so worked up, um, or you're so fearful about some of the things that you're saying, they're going to take that like personally, and that could bring shame or um, like this whole, like, I'm just going to put a wall up and not talk to you. And so it's that curious piece, like, oh, I'm really curious about what you just said. Can you talk to me more about that? Well, what would you, you know, hmm, I kind of think about it like this. And so you just have this back and forth. And as long as you can stay curious and hold space, they're going to continue to talk to you because you're open and you're reasonable. I love that. I love that. That's really great. And you had talked about um, just giving them space to be able to explain their reasoning while mm-hmm. you, you were kind of coming alongside them yeah. and, and connecting with them in yes. a way when you don't agree. And you're teaching them how to have conversations with people that they don't agree with, which yes. is a very important yes. part of becoming an adult. Yeah, absolutely. We can not agree, but still be respectful. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. You know, as we think about all this and we think about how to raise godly kids in a godly culture, you know, somewhere in all this is a mindset in our minds and our own uh, relationship with Christ is in the way we are mothering as mothers. And so I I would just ask, and this could be a whole different podcast, but for a snippet, I want you to give us what's your best, quote, Christian advice you would give in raising godly kids in in today's world, because it it certainly probably looks different than it has in in generations past. But what what advice would you give single moms in in the area of training them spiritually? Yeah, so the first thing is, of course, we need to pray and we need to be in God's word. The answers are there. What's really interesting is that a lot of the kind of the psychology around why we do what we do, if I really take the things that work, I can go back and look at the Bible and see that that it's actually in the Bible. It says like you should do this and I'm like, "Oh, that's why that that's why that that works, right?" So, what you what you, your 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 Bible is going to have a lot of your answers, right? So you're going to need to pray. You're going to need to read the Word. And then also, um, I think it's really important that you, um, again, we go back to modeling. If I say, like, you really need to watch, the, you know, what it is you're listening to, but I'm listening to garbage, mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing the thing that I'm asking them to do. So we have to be able to model all of those things. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. it's it, Moms, in order to pass along a strong faith to your children— it begins somewhere with you having a strong faith, and so you can't you can't give away what you don't have yourself, and so you can't expect them to do what you don't have yourself. And this is in no way con- condemning you or condemning me or condemning Mel or any of us. It's just we, we take care of our faith walk with God and our relationship with Him and our desire to know Christ and our spending time with Him alone and pouring out our heart and asking for wisdom, we do that ourselves in the, in the quietness of our heart. And God will fill us and show us how to let it ooze out of us in a very sweet way that they can't help but notice. And But it's hard in today's culture because you're, you're just up against so much. But God is over this culture. He's very well aware. Mm-hmm. He's always known this is what you'd be facing. So he's not caught off guard. So what a great father to go to that already already knows what's happening in the world today. You know, um, Mel, how do you do this with your kids? You you were a youth pastor for years, and you've got kids. You've got, well, your son 
both of them are great boys, but how do you how do you weave this into your life with your boys? Yeah, I just pray and yell. Okay, well, and then repeat, <laughs> and then no. and, and um, then talk about <clears throat> repentance. Uh, I could go on about this. I just I want to say I'm thinking of one simple thing that was really important to me, and this will take a little pressure off of the single moms too, because we do want them to have a front row seat to Jesus. And the reality is, is I can't always be him or I will not always be him. And what I knew, uh, because of what I did for a living working with teenagers, and I would allow that to sort of trickle over into my parenting was that, um, adolescents, the top three influences that they have, do you know what the first one is, Pam? Uh, peer pressure. Well, they're friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, very important, celebrities. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. three is still parents. Wow. So I was like, I'm still in third. Kanye's in second. Yeah. But here's the the incredible thing that I want to say to our moms is especially the older that your kids get, they, anybody that cares about them, that they care about, they recognize as a friend. And I recognize this very early on with my, my oldest son who would, I had a friend named Randy who... Randy and Jill were my really good friends. And Aiden would say to you, oh, yeah, my friend Randy. And I was thinking, you're eight and Randy's 50. He's not your friend. <laughs> but they recognize that as their friend. And I think this is actually a tool that you can use as a mom. So what I did was I made sure that I had other godly people in their lives. So when I'm, if I want them to have a front row seat to Jesus and I can't always be that, I'm going to put as many people in their lives so that they are able to recognize it. And I'm telling you that they can, because I recently had a conversation with my son, my oldest, and he said, well, there's two types of men in the world. He said, there are men like Randy and there's men like so-and-so. And I want to be like Randy. Mm, And what he was saying was there are godly men Mm -hmm. and there are not godly men. And he had figured this out at his age now at 20 of then I need to spend time with the guy I want to be like. And I knew that. So to answer your question, Pam, it was that I would put them around people Mm -hmm. that showed them what Jesus looked like. I love that. And that was saying the same thing because you were asking earlier, how do you get them to listen to you? When they wouldn't listen to me, Mm -hmm. I knew the people they would listen to. So I would say, could you talk to Aiden about showering? Yeah. Or, you know, or, or can you talk to them about yes. this? Um, and, and you just see that. And it's something that annoys us as parents. But if we see it as an opportunity, you know, if you're telling them, oh, this shirt looks really great on you and they hate it. But then someone else tells them and then mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you say something over and over and over. And then they come home and they're like, guess what? So and so said. Yes. And you're like, I've said that 3,000 times, but I say use that as a tool. Yeah, if you so know that people influence them, then great, get great people in their Absolutely. lives. And the best place to find those people are in a healthy church community. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving a little church plug yes. there. Well, I love that as well. Amber, I just want to ask you something. Uh, inevitably, we have moms listening, and they're doing this alone. They're doing this without a house, a spouse in the house. Mm-hmm. They're doing it alone, and they they feel that they need a husband in the house mm-hmm. to complete the family, to be able to fill that gap, you know, to make their home complete. Uh, would you talk to that mom today just a minute that she, what would you say about her being enough Absolutely. in that home to just to just to train them well in today's culture. Yeah, you you use the right word, which is enough. So moms, you are enough. And what we know is that the science behind 
connected relationships and the blueprint for how we do relationships well and healthy. Just We just have to have one safe, wise, kind adult in our life to learn how to have those healthy relationships. So we don't need to bring in other men, right? You are enough. Mm-hmm. It takes one safe, healthy, kind, wise adult to to help our kids learn how to have good relationships. And I will say, I love what Mel had to say, which is if you feel like there is something that you need, like, and and regardless of whether or not you think you need it or not, if you surround yourself with other wise people, other godly men, women, yes, Mm -hmm. then that will be enough. And we Mm -hmm. often invite more harm into our homes when we bring in other people. And so your kids are little for just a little while. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I, I would like to share a statistic real quick. Yes, please and do. So one of the things that I think um, is really important for people to know, and regardless of what you come into my office for, I often will share the statistic because I think it is so important. But girls in the state of Oklahoma, between the ages of 0 to 18, um, one in four girls, by the time that they're 18 in the state of Oklahoma, are either sexually abused or sexually assaulted. Therefore... I am going to be very careful about who I bring into my home. So we don't want to add further trauma by bringing in someone that may harm our kids. And so I'm very, very much about, like, when you you don't need someone, you may want someone, right? But your kids are first. That's your priority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to make sure that you do everything to keep them safe, um, and you're going to really focus on them. You don't need a man. Mm-hmm. You don't need a man. Mm-hmm. There's time for that. Your kids are only going to be little for so long. Um, I often say the days are long and the years are short. Yeah. As a mom who has no kids in her house, I I'm, I look back and I'm very sad at like some them saying some things that I thought were really important and some things that I did that took time away from that. But the years, you know, the days are long, the years are short, and so really invest in your kids. Yes, yeah. yes, and you're enough. You are enough, mom. You have Jesus. You you, you are, are enough. enough. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I could I could ditto that as I look. At that's what we teach our single moms, and so many times they that they are enough, and I will just leave it at that. So, Amber, is there anything else that you would like to say to our single moms about raising godly kids in today's culture? Absolutely. So, kind of going back to the place of we want to like stay calm and meet needs and delight in their preciousness. Those are the two things we really need to be able to do. Is oftentimes people are like, I don't understand the preciousness piece because they never had anyone delight in their preciousness. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is that what are the things that you needed to hear as a child and how can you say those to your kids, right? And so the things that I'm going to say to my kids are like, I love spending time with you. Um, Oh, there's that great smile. Like, I love seeing you so happy. Um, It's just, uh, I'm so glad we got to hang out together today. You have great ideas. You're so creative. You're so thoughtful. So what you're doing is the world is telling them that they are one way, and you are combating that by telling them who they really are, right? You're loved, right? You're God's child. You are created for good. You are so sweet. You are so kind, all of those things. And so we're just going to really combat the world's messages with God's truth. And it's never too late, right? Never I too can late. Send my twenty-year-old eighteen. Never today too late. Because I'm feeling like, yes. oh my gosh, I have so many yes. things I want to say to them. And I want to say this too, moms, that your kids may be grown and gone, and even yet, it's it's never. It's always wonderful in in a way to be able to say, even to your adult children, there's nobody like you. You delight me so much. You're, you know, I I love you because that's something we all like to be validated. So that's a good point. I love that. Well, Colossians 1, 17 says that God is before all things and he holds all things together. 
And I have that memorized because I needed to tell myself that all the time, especially as a single mom, to know that at the end of the day, your children becoming godly really is his job. You just give them a front row seat to that. And he has gone before you, mom, and he will hold all of this together if we can just figure out how to get out of the way and let him do his job. God is before you and he is holding all things together.